This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We wish you a warm welcome from the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. How involved are you in your home congregation? Some people quickly volunteer each time a position opens or a chore needs to be completed. Others are happy to simply attend worship services and go home afterwards. In today's message, we're going to talk about our role in the local church. Today in our This Is Us sermon series, we're going to talk about church membership. And I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father, we approach your throne of grace today with gratitude in our hearts for all that you have done for us. You've given us a gift of life and also the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. As we consider you, Lord, words that come to mind are gracious and kind and mighty and wise and faithful. And so may our time together with your word help us to better understand you and trust you with our lives. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. The Apostle Paul writes, We are all one body. We have the same spirit. We have all been called to the same glorious future. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. However, he has given each of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to this lowly world in which we live. And the same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that his rule might fill the entire universe. He's the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ, until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. And then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Dear friends, are you a member of a church? This is not such a far-fetched question these days. Back in the 50s and even 60s, we were what might be termed more of a church culture. But recently, there are many changes taking place, and there are many people who choose not to be affiliated with any church, or religion for that matter. 
They've been referred to as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They just check uh, none of the above when filling out forms on your religious affiliation. But if your answer to my question is yes, then my next question would be, what does your church membership mean to you? That's the subject I want to spend a few moments talking with you about today, uh, membership and what it means for the Christian. In fact, I believe that this is one of the most important things the church needs to get right today in this 21st century if we're going to be healthy and growing for the cause of Christ. See, many churches are weak because we have members who have turned the meaning of membership upside down in their minds. And I think it's time to get it right in the local church. Some have come to think of membership, uh, such as membership in a club, like a country club, for instance. You pay your dues each year and you receive some perks and privileges. There are certain amenities that come along with it that you Come to expect the use of the pool, discount on meals at the restaurant, a discount on golf cart, or priority treatment on the golf course. Join the club and you will be served well. Tragically, though, this understanding of membership sometimes gets carried over into the Church of Jesus Christ. It's a view that many church members Hold. We hear it in statements such as these. This is my church, so you better play the music the way I want it. Or uh, something like this. Look, pastor, don't forget who pays your salary. Or if you don't do this program, I'll withhold my check to the church. Or something like this. I've been a member of this church for over 30 years, so I have a right to get what I want. This kind of thinking is not biblical nor faithful to what God had in mind when he first envisioned his church. It's important that we ask the question, where did the term member come from when it comes to belonging to a church? Well, first of all, it's not something that was just pulled out of thin air or taken from the business world. There's a biblical background to using this term church member. It comes from a metaphor that the Apostle Paul uses on more than one occasion to describe the Christian church. Listen to his words again that I shared with you earlier. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. We've been called to the same glorious future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there's only one God and Father who's over us all and in us all and living through us all. This is us, folks. In the church, we are one body. Like the human body, with its many members, all connected, all necessary. We have the same Holy Spirit that has opened our eyes to Jesus Christ through the telling of the good news of what he did for us on the cross. We have one resurrection hope, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father watching over us all. And we have the same glorious future together, eternal life. We are the body of Christ Not an organization, but a living, breathing organism with a calling and a mission to represent Jesus in this world and bring others to him so that they might be rescued from sin and death and experience the abundant life that God had in mind for them when he created us all in the first place. And so each one of us are body members. That's where it comes from, church member. 
The human body has different members that do different things like hands, feet, eyes, arms, legs, and so on. And each is necessary and important for the body as a whole in order for it to function well. So also in the body of Christ, there are members who play diverse yet needful roles for the whole body. Each member is different and valuable for the common good. Everyone has a role, a function to work together with the other parts like a body. Each member has a special gift, Paul tells us, to to be used for the common good of that body. And these gifts were given by the Holy Spirit when a person receives Christ into his or her life and follows him as Lord and Savior. Paul lists a few spiritual gifts in this portion of Scripture I've shared with you that many people have been given. Listen again. He says, However, he's given each of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. He is the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and and the teachers. In this particular letter to the Ephesians, you see, Paul is only specifically listing uh, some teaching gifts. And oh, how important those teaching gifts are for all of us. How important it is that the church have good and solid biblical teaching and doctrines to keep us in the truth so that we don't get confused by what the world and other religions would have us believe. God's provided us with teachers then that help us to stick to the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us at the cross, dying to pay for our sins and rising again so that we might have forgiveness and salvation. And for instance, we need to be reminded that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. Because in this pluralistic day of ours, there are many who are questioning that, even within the church. We need to be reminded that Scripture is God-breathed and our authority in matters of faith and life. If we're looking for answers, we need to look to the Bible. But it's not just teaching that's important. In other places like First Corinthians and Romans, Paul lists a variety of other gifts as well that people in the body of Christ have been given to be used for the common good of Christ's body. And even the Apostle Peter lists some as well. Here's a few more gifts. They're serving, mercy, encouragement, administration, wisdom, knowledge, giving, leadership, assistance, even healing, and, and tongues. It's a prayer language and interpretation of tongues. And every member is powered and gifted by the Holy Spirit to do something in the life of the local church. God never intended for the clergy to do all the ministry where the pastor uses his or her gifts and everyone else sits and watches and applauds or criticizes. We all are called to ministry for the common good in the church. Notice there's no gift of sitting and watching and being spectators, demanding, waiting around for people to serve me. All these gifts are meant to do something for someone else, functioning for the common good. They're mutually interdependent, just like a human body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians. We need each other to be effective for Christ in the world. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that if one part does not do its job, the whole body doesn't function very well. We all lose out. The motivation behind using 
what God has given you in the church, of course, is love. Love for Christ, what he's done for us. And love for Christ's church that Christ loves. You know, he loves his church. It's a big deal to him. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, right in the center of talking about gifts, it's all about love. Paul well, then goes on to share in Ephesians this important truth with those of us who are members of the body who are willing to be functioning members. Listen to these words. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. First of all, notice it's under his direction. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He is the head of the body, the control center. He's the Lord of the church. We walk to his drumbeat. And as each uh, member of the body uses our gifts, the whole body then benefits, Paul says, grows healthy and mature and full of love. As you, uh, as a member, involve yourself in the life of the church by exercising your abilities, you become a blessing to others in your local church. Paul doesn't say this, but there's a bonus to consider. Jesus talked about the beauty of serving one another in the church and the joy that comes along with that. There's joy that comes in serving others and making a difference in others' lives for the cause of Christ as you operate out of your sweet spot that God has given you. I think of Kate headed off to college this year. Just heard her talking about, she's figured out she has a gift of hospitality and mercy. She's good at making people feel like they belong and someone cares that they're there. She just got back from a mission trip with a large group of teenagers. And typically, as you know, there's usually a few that kind of hang back out of shyness and don't get connected. Kate, not knowing one particular person that she uh, noticed, reached out and made the approach and befriended this one who looked very alone. At the end of the trip, this person told her that relationship became the high point of the trip for her. She felt like she belonged. Where I think of Chuck, his strong leadership skills with team projects. He ran our last two building programs. We couldn't have gotten this done as well without him using his gifts. The funny thing is, when I tell him thanks for, for, for what he's doing, he'd typically say, well, thanks for letting me be a part of it. This is fun. Being a biblical member of the church is willing to be a person who's always on the lookout to contribute and serve to make the body stronger. That's what church membership is about, according to Scripture. So, where does one begin? First, prayer. Pray and ask God to reveal to you what your gift, special abilities may be, and just where you might use them in your congregation. Uh, study scripture. Get a, some commentary to go along with it and examine these sections on the gifts as to what they mean. Uh, you could take an inventory. Perhaps your church has a tool for that. 
If not, get on the internet and Google spiritual gift inventories and you'll get all kinds of things to look up. Try the short forms. Ask someone who really knows you spiritually uh, what they see in you as far as giftedness. And then try it out by serving in roles that require that gift. What kind of satisfaction is there for you and what kind of results for the kingdom of God? That's what church members do. Talk to your pastor. Ask him where you can use your gift, your abilities. I came across this little article. I found it to be very thought-provoking. It's written by a, a woman. Her name's Elise Fitzpatrick, I believe. And she wrote, a number of years ago, my husband and I had the wonderful opportunity to vacation in Europe. In about three and a half weeks, we visited 13 different nations. When we'd enter a country, we'd get our passports stamped, exchange currencies, learn a few key phrases, and off we'd go to visit the locals. We'd wander through outdoor markets, peruse museums, and sample the cuisine. We'd exchange a few niceties with the local folks and sit on the steps of the cathedrals and watch the life of the town go by and take a picture or two and even purchase a little something to remind us of our time there. And then we were off to another place. We had a wonderful vacation. Our hearts weren't changed in any significant ways by these visits, but then they weren't meant to be. We were tourists. It seems to me that what I've just described is very close to many people's understanding of the congregational life of the local church. On any given weekend, many tourists can be found in church. They pop in for 45 minutes or an hour, sing a chorus or two, and exchange niceties with the locals. They sample some of the local cuisine. They might purchase a book or CD to remind them of their visit. And then they race to their cars to get to their favorite restaurant before the rush or home before the game. For many people, church is simply about being a tourist. And our land is becoming filled with tourist-friendly churches. A personal question for you, dear listener, today. What role are you playing in your local church? Are you a functioning member or a tourist? We need members. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, what a blessed thing it is to be a member of your body, the church. We know that you have a big vision for us that we would be great commandment people and great commission people working together so that the people around us may be brought into your kingdom. By the power of your Spirit, help us to be unified in our local church and empower us to work together with every member fully functioning with the abilities you've given us. To the honor and glory of your name, amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the Internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. May today's message help you seek out your area of giftedness in order to better serve the kingdom of God. 
Christian Crusaders is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts from friends of the ministry. If your heart was touched by the message of this ministry and you would like to see it continue, we invite you to help support our mission with your prayers and gifts. Contact us anytime, toll-free at 888-MY-FAITH or 888-693-2484. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. All gifts are considered tax-deductible. Memorial gifts are a meaningful way to remember a loved one. These gifts can be given in any amount to commemorate the life of someone special while furthering the mission of Christian Crusaders to proclaim the gospel. Send your memorial gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, be sure to check out our website, christiancrusaders.org. Both an audio and printed version of today's program are available, as well as messages from past broadcasts. Visit us online today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us today and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Rev. Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders is now celebrating 82 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.